Delane Gibson, we strive to educate our clients and the public on finer aspects of risk. For this podcast, BOR stands for Brothers of Risk. Chip and Ted Gibson will dive into important topics on risk management, personal and commercial insurance, employee benefits, HR consulting, and what's going on at DG. We will try to translate the complicated contract and policy-laden insurance world into pragmatic advice, all while bantering as brothers and partners at Deland Gibson. Welcome to the Brothers of Risk. Uh, it's the better half, Chip Gibson, CEO of Deland Gibson, here with special guest Ryan Tipping, managing partner of Grip HR Consulting. Um, and today we have a few things to uh, go over that are pretty pertinent and relevant for uh, what's going on in, in life and with the economy and, and with politics. Um, recently, and I don't even know exactly when it was this year, but the SEC has... That's, that's end of the year last year. End of the year last year. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, there's new disclosure rules. So we're going to go over briefly uh, a bit on how that affects public companies, IPOs, SPACs, and then how it also can relate to private companies. Because uh, as much as we, uh, uh, most of our audience is, is more of a private company, and it's, but it's super relevant. Other aspects that we really want to talk about here is uh, an executive action in January from the Biden administration regarding COVID and how OSHA is attacking that. So there's a huge emphasis for all, all companies and what they need to do. Um, so we're going to give some tidbits on how to protect your company and how to uh, avoid OSHA fines. Right. And I think the, the focus here is going to be that it shows that this administration specifically is really taking a focus on employee well-being, employees, and, and the employer-employee relationship, and making sure that companies are held accountable for, uh, for that relationship. Yeah, and just jumping into the SEC briefing, uh, I'm just going to read from the first couple lines of it. So that did a good job explaining what was going on. So it said, for the first time in more than 30 years, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Committee has modified its disclosure rules, requiring that public companies provide a far greater window into their human capital management than ever before. Previously, organizations had only to disclose their number of employees. Now they must divulge human capital metrics considered to be material to an understanding of the company's business. So um, simplifying that, Ryan, like what, what, does that, what does that mean? So the HRs obviously in the last couple of years had a real explosion on data and how that data can be used and what that data like kind of comes to. The metrics they're looking for, I'll just read the list, um, how they attract employees, how they develop their employees, the retention numbers, um, how they engage employees. That one's a little less clear on how they, you know, how they mm-hmm. talk about that. Employee satisfaction surveys and results, um, what they're doing for health and safety, and then the big one, um, which kind of t- speaks to what we're doing now, is the diversity inclusion numbers. So before, the HR metrics just had to do with headcount, how many employees they had as a total number. Now they want to see that broken down to how they address the diversity inclusion and all those other metrics we talked about. So kind of my, my business hat comes on and I was like, why do they need to know this stuff? So again, it, it talks about protecting employees and investors to ensure that companies are making sure that employee-employer relationship is taken seriously and protecting investors to ensure they know what kind of companies are investing in. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, um, and, I, and I can see the benefits of that. And instantly before we started recording, we were talking about the explosion of SPACs. Mm-hmm. And for those um, that uh, may, SPAC might be a foreign term, 
but a SPAC is just a, a new way that companies are going public. The long and short of it is that, and the definition to give a little bit more clarity on, on what it is, a SPAC is an acronym for Special Purpose Acquisition Company, basically a publicly traded firm that has no operations, no assets, other than a war chest of cash in one stated business plan to eventually buy another company. So that's when you're seeing all of these mergers with evolved startups that are looking to gain uh, public, public money and go to the public markets without having to go through the full process of an IPO, which can be a lot more cumbersome in a lot of situations. I mean, yeah, they're called a blank check company for a reason, right? Where it's just a, a company that's told investors, we're gonna go buy one or more private companies that are in the startup stage, quote unquote, and bring them public through through this funding vehicle versus the traditional IPO. This is a new trend that started more because the institutional investors, typically from you know when you go through a typical investment bank, have first crack at the startup capital, and they're making tons of money. The the funds and the, and the institutional investors and true investors have been getting cut out, and that that's where these all came about. The downside to that, particularly with these new SEC regulations, is that these startup companies typically don't focus on human capital reporting as much as they should and need to. Yes, and and the stats on that are crazy as far as the fines doled out by the government. Just the stat I read earlier today is the total number of, I think it was, human capital cases brought to the SEC in 2019 uh, was 120. So far already this year, and we're recording this, you know, the last day of, of May, is 260 as of today, meaning in less than half the time, yeah. there's more than double the cases. The new SEC director said this is a priority for his the administration, and his term will be the uh, enforcement of SEC regulations from a human capital perspective. Yeah. So SPACs need to look into this. They need to do their homework. They need to do more due diligence like an IPO process from the HR standpoint to avoid costly fines down, down the line. Um, and, and I think it's, it's just a, a knowledge base, right, where a lot of these SPACs are so focused on the financial portions of the yeah. company and the product of the company. This is just another, I don't want to say box you have to check, but it is something you have to do your due diligence on and make sure is, is set up to go. The S-1 process, typically, when an IPO, is already tried and true and found how to do this. The SPAC process just needs to catch up on this, this action, specifically because of what they're doing now. Yeah. And a lot of our companies that we've worked with are not publicly traded companies. Um, and so we wanted to give a little insight today on taking these uh, new aspects that the SEC is focusing on and how to relate them to private companies. So, Ryan... Why should a private company, if they're not being regulated on this, focus sure. on employee attraction, development, retention, engagement, satisfaction, health and safety, and diversity and inclusion? So I, I think the knowledge of these is always going to be best practice. I don't think that's yeah. – there's a, there's a reason why these are important numbers, right? It's going to give you a better understanding of your workforce in all aspects. Um, knowledge is power, right? As the saying goes, where we're having this data and this knowledge – will give you a better understanding of how your company utilizes its human capital and how it attracts it. I like to say all the time, HR is about, you can put it in different platforms, different portions, 
total rewards, benefits, you know, employee relations, etc. It really comes down to getting the best value for your money when you spend on employees. And all mm-hmm. of this will give you actionable data to ensure that you're attracting and retaining the best employees for the best cost. Yeah. And, and really, it could be overwhelming to see all of the metrics the SEC is, is honing in on. And for a, for a private company, you don't need to do it all. But, you know, depending on your strategy, the industry you're in, your workforce and what makes up your workforce and your location being what state, what governing rules there are, that is how you should filter and focus on the different areas. And that's something that we can help with at, at, at Grip HR. Um, really, a lot of these things are above and beyond the typical job of how companies are set up to be able to handle this, but um, that's something that, that we're here to help with. And, and additionally, there's other things that you can put in place to do this for you. Um, and if you want to go into HRIS, and, and, and first of all, HRIS I kind of overlooked, and I think it's kind of a SPAC term, but like, what is an HRIS? So, so it's a Human Resources Information System is the, the acronym. But what it really comes down to is a souped-up version of a payroll system. Uh, what does that mean? It, it's not just, did I pay the person right? It's, do I have all their documents for onboarding? Do we have all their information in one place? A really powerful tool to be able to get this exact data. If you have signed up people and you've done all the offer letters, etc., you have all this data, but you can't use the data because if it's not in a system where you can access it, it it's data that you'll never be able to functionally be able to use. Yeah. So if you have any questions, anyone listening to this, give me a call. I love talking about, about them, but there's a bunch of different systems that allow you to take this data and not only report on it, but make it actionable and report a certain time so you can see a trend and use that data to drive decision making. You know, we all want, every company wants to go to data, database decisions, right? And this is where you get that data to be able to make those decisions. Yeah, to find the future best right. employee, to find all those things that we've talked about that the SEC is looking into, right. you can filter and, and create a plan around that data. And, you know, that's the forward-looking section of these HRSs. From a today or backward looking, it just adds speed and efficiency to your process. Where you're onboarding, you're not worried about, did I send the offer letter out right? Did I you know, fill out the W-4 right? All those things, this will automate that process for you so that it is it is Like consistent. a foundational. It's consistent and you know, everyone will have all those documents in one place. God forbid you get a DOL audit, this is your first line of defense. Everything will be there so you know it's consistent every time. Mm-hmm. And uh, jumping off topic, getting back to the last thing we want to talk about today was how the executive action from the Biden administration on how they are trying to protect the workforce. Obviously, COVID has disrupted so much of the daily life of the United States and the, the world. But I think what the administration is trying to do is put in metrics in, and just make sure people are in companies are doing the right thing. So protections, protections yeah, for employee. Yeah, employee protection. So the one thing that we've noticed is that there are two things every company in the United States should have already. They should technically have it, but there is different forms of this, like from an electronic form to a paper form to whatever. But having an OSHA 300 log is even more important now. That is something that we're recommending to all clients before it was more 
depending on the industry, if it was more of a blue-collar job, that those are the more historically risky areas that the OSHA would focus on. Now, because of COVID, it's everyone. So really adding that to your handbook is something we've been uh, been talking about internally and been promoting in contact tracing logs. Those are still, you know, how we were tracing COVID. You know, heaven forbid something like this happens again, having the right procedures in place to have contact tracing logs and whatnot are really going to protect you from any situation. Like uh, Well, help protect you, right? Sorry. Yeah. Help protect you, but that's... You know, right now, dealing with COVID, there's just a million factors that are happening, and mm-hmm. um, having the proper documentation is going to be your first line of defense to make sure that you're doing the right things, you're trying to help your employees stay safe, and you don't get fined if OSHA comes in and wants to check everything out. So that is um, just one of the aspects we wanted to mention today, and I don't know if Ryan adds more color to those, to that as no, far I, as HR, but... I mean, I think that so the, your, your baseline handbook is also part of that, is that that's a requirement now to see... If you're requiring people to come back in the office, et cetera, that handbook has to be written with compliance with the new laws. You should be able to update that fairly quickly through your HR or insurance broker should be able to help you with that. If not, give us a call. We can. But it's all about ensuring that you and your business is protected from, I'm going to call it ad minutia fines. This is something that is easy to take care of and just lowers your exposure for something that it takes 20 minutes to fix. And you don't want to get fines for this that are exponentially higher than, than that, that 20 minutes it would take you. So it, it's checking the box, I know, but you have to do it. Yeah, it's the reality of business these days. So yeah. Ryan, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. And thanks for tuning in.